Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Ovicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode brings you latest insights, advice and technical updates to the sheep industry. This week's episode we chat with Jimmy's Week Minimum, Sector Manager for Board Bia, who gives us an update on the current market trends. We discuss some of the challenges seen in the current trade, lamb consumption figures in the main markets, as well as what's happened in the domestic trade. Seamus discusses lamb supply and demand on the global market and what the prospects are for the coming months. In the latter half of the podcast, Seamus discusses the growth we've seen in some of them key export markets during 2022 and the potential for new markets this season and what impact that might have on the trade. We start off however, with Seamus discussing the true part of lambs in the back end of 22 and the carryover of stock into this year. Last year was like overall there was a there was a, a fairly substantial increase in throughput. So we're talking about an increase of about two hundred thousand head of, of sheep, which took it to just under three million, um, to two point nine two it ended up at. But I suppose most of that was driven by more hoggets in the first half of the year. We had a carryover, uh, quite a substantial carryover of hoggets from from twenty twenty one into twenty twenty two, and then that that resulted in a much bigger kill in the first half of the year. But then I suppose as, as the year went on, then as we started sort of moved into the new season or, or 2022 barn lambs, we, we had the impacts of, you know, no fertilizer being spread, lower grass growth, um, a bit of drought interrupting the, the grass growing. So and all of that contributed then to um to, to maybe men not finishing lambs as quickly as they as they would have liked. And then with no creep feeding, we ended up at the start of December, we had about a hundred thousand. Uh, the kill of lambs run about 100,000 head behind where it had been the previous year. Now, we had a couple of good kills in December that eroded a lot of that, but we're still talking about a carryover of maybe another 60 or 70,000 sheep into into 2023. Um, I suppose then those those production challenges on farm too, they're, they, they've been reflected um, quite notably in the average carcass weights of lambs being, being presented for slaughter. Um, if we take a look at the last quarter of, of last year, um, you're looking at an average carcass weight of 20.3 kilos and that's back a kilo and a half from the same period in, in 21 and that just is, is linked back you know to you know the the sort of checks in performance of lambs and then the reduction in the amount of um, concentrated inputs going into them. We've touched on some aspects of this in various podcasts which you during the year but uh, and it has very much been that year or two halves but we just take the carcass story for a minute like at this stage of the season Seamus we're normally looking at a large increase in carcass weight as limits go up. Not a lot more lambs have been fed. Are you seeing more underfleshed lambs come through just pulling that figure down, or is it just the whole average is pulled back? Yeah. Well, the, the feedback we're getting from the processors is that there's about 10 or 12% of the kill is coming in, you know, underfinished. The lambs, they just aren't, just aren't quite there or not fit for killing. But I suppose the... The, the more notable thing, and I suppose especially this year when you've seen these huge increase in input costs, is that they're telling us they're getting about 30% of the lambs in over heavy and over over fleshed. So they're actually like, um, they should have been killed earlier. Um, you know, and, and in a period where you're keeping a, a lamb on farm, you know, and he's and he's hitting out a spec and you're not getting any financial gain for it, you know, farmers should should keep lambs moving as soon as they're they're hitting that factory spec. I think the upper weight limit at the minute is 23 kilos in a lot of cases, so a farmer should be aiming to get aiming for that and you know getting the lamb away before it hits that. Um, you, you can understand the push for the maximum value, but as you said, given the cost of keeping that lamb at the moment. There is a need to keep them moved on as well, not only just to hit the spec targets, but purely for a financial cost to produce. Yeah, like if you're keeping a lamb in farm and he's costing you up up on a five or a week just to just to feed him, you know, um, and and the way the trade is at the minute, you know, prices are 
are, are are stable at the minute, but they're 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 well behind where they were last year. You know, so you the longer you keep that um alarm on farm, the more he's he's eating into any potential profit. It's challenging. We'll come to the current market in a minute. Look, you, you talked about the carryover. Something we've seen last year as well, a large carryover of Hoggets through. This year's indicated there, look, probably 100,000 head, you were saying in December, about 70,000 at the moment. What can impact is that going to have on this early part of the season or how quick do you think that throughput will be pushed through the system? Yeah, well, well thankfully, I mean, in the first couple of weeks of the year, we've seen um, very strong lamb kills compared to maybe the last couple of years so there's probably about 15,000 of those additional lambs already gone um, have already been absorbed into the system you know so if that keeps going the way it's going you know they'll be they'll largely be gone by, before the end of January and maybe we can return to more um, more normal sort of throughputs at that stage um, now I suppose indications on the on the trade like we're talking quotes of about 6 euro a kilo bit of an improvement this week but they're talking about six euro a kilo plus your quality assurance bonuses and, and, and group bonuses on top of that, you know. Um, and while we're 50 cent a kilo behind last year, the indications are that it should hold steady for, for much of February and then maybe see a bit of an improvement then as, as we move into these, um, move into, move into marches and in the run up to Easter and, and some of these Muslim festivals coming online. And look, I suppose if I put some of this in context, a lot of that lag is what you've mentioned already. It's the fact that feed cost was up Possibly land performance wasn't quite as good as it should have been last year for various reasons. Input costs been having definitely an impact on it. That's carrying through. That's not maybe your typical carry through of store lambs into this part of the season. No, it's, it's definitely there's definitely more, and um, we we seen an increase last year. Um, of about I think there was about 160, 170 thousand extra lambs carried forward, and then this year you're seeing another 60 or 70 thousand on top of that. Um, and it's a slightly different market conditions. This year as well, whereby the demand is um, the, the the demand in the market is um, has been negatively impacted as well. So the the demand for these extra lamps maybe this year isn't there, isn't here that 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 was there last year to absorb them. Just maybe to tease ahead a bit more, and part maybe can explain that price differential we see this year relative to last year. The current market at the moment, what are the couple of big challenges that is keeping that downward pressure on price? Yeah. But there's a couple of things feeding feeding into that. Um but the, the first thing is just the is the impacts of inflation on um on lamb demand in the markets. Like if I look at um some of the key lamb exporting markets, um like you're talking like Germany there, for example, one of the very big markets for, for um for Irish lamb and you have general inflation of about eight or nine percent, but then food inflation in that market is at twenty percent. And then if I look at France, you're talking food inflation of about thirteen percent. Belgium in around the same, you know, like so you're 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 seeing a notable increase in the in the the cost of food, and consumers um are then switching. They're 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 really looking at where they're spending their where they're spending their money, and they're 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 seeing lamb as the most expensive protein, and there and and there seems to be a, a switch switch to other maybe what they perceive as more affordable proteins, and then the. The unfortunate thing with lamb is that people tend to to switch out of the category, whereas it's slightly different for beef, where people maybe trade down instead of buying your your steaks and and more expensive cuts, they're they're buying cubed or, or minced products, whereas there's not really the same opportunity to do that in lamb. And that has to be acknowledged. We can't substitute within the category of products. It is a more limited range. Yeah, that is. I suppose if we if we look then at the at, at sort of that's impacted demand, and then 
we're also in, seeing more competition from the UK and the UK have become a lot more export focused in, in 22, 23 than we would have, um, I mean, would have seen in the previous two years. They're actually also importing a bit more product from Australia themselves and that's freeing up a bit more of their domestic production then for export. And that's then putting pressure on ourselves then in our, our key EU market. And then I suppose globally, lamb, um, you know, China and the US have had a huge impact in the last few years in terms of the volume of product they've taken off the global market. Um, and, and sort of import demand there has been subdued um, for the last year or so. And um, as a result of that, then we're seeing um, a lot of, a lot more New Zealand product then flooding onto the, to the, to the European market. So you've got more New Zealand product and it's actually a cheaper frozen product than whereas traditionally they would have been sent maybe higher value chilled. So this higher or lower value frozen product is coming into the EU market, sitting in storage and undercutting, um, you know, the, the the Irish and the UK product. So you, you have that seasonal effect of the New Zealand now coming in. You, you've touched on what's happening in terms of consumption and just the problem with cost of living. I suppose that's something probably reflected to in the domestic market if we looked at it. A little bit of a perfect storm in some way, Seamus, and I suppose a lot of that's going forward that's going to depend on what happens in markets just we're touching on been in a minute but like domestically I'm assuming we're seeing something very similar with lamb consumption are we this year a reduction on yeah we've seen um, we've seen obviously the 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 consumer spend with products obviously being more expensive the the spend on lamb has increased but I suppose then if you look at everything like the volume has been sold the types of cuts have been sold the buyers that they're all showing um, year on year declines as people like shift into in, in, into other categories and in particular we're seeing declines and you know those higher value cuts you know so your roasts and joints your your chops and your steaks whereas if you look even within the lamb category you look at those cheaper cuts and um, they, they've shown um volume and value growth but it's those heavier cuts the more valuable ones and the ones that give the greatest return to the farmer as well that are seeing the the biggest um the biggest decline in sales Look, if, if we just if we go back to that international market a minute, look, we're an export-dependent company or country. The impact of China maybe opening up a little bit more is maybe not going to have a direct impact on Irish lamb going there, but certainly in terms of that New Zealand or Australian lamb, how big of a shift will you see if the demand increased in China? Yeah, I suppose we, we export about 85% of all the lamb we produce, um, and of that, about 80% of it goes into Europe. So that's our key market. It's the one that gives us the biggest return in terms of value and volume. Um, so we actually probably benefit indirectly then from from China um, opening its um, doors to imports because a lot of Australian and New Zealand product is redirected there rather than coming on to our um, European market and thereby reducing competition. So um, I suppose China with the repeated COVID um, lockdowns and things um in the run to Christmas and that, we've seen weaker demand for, for lamb imports. However, in the last few weeks, there's actually been a recovery in, in demand there. Um, so it's hoped as we come into peak production for New Zealand lamb that um, that, that, that there will be a further increase in that in that product that's going there. And I suppose the sheep meat, uh, uh, China takes about 40% of the sheep meat traded globally. So any, any change in the, the import um, sort of activities there has a huge impact on the lamb trade. So we're hoping that China will continue to increase its import demand. And then I suppose the the outlook for the EU market is that um, the majority of the EU sheep flocks have shown a decline 
in um, or or indicating a, a decline in production for for next year. So that'll mean that there there, there may well be a deficit of lamb in, in the European market, which then will obviously work in our favour if we've got lamb to export. So short term, our problems like the cost of inflation, cost of living, that's not going to change. But no. the competition in the market short term, that's going to remain a challenge. In the mid range to longer term, there is potential for a lot of the reduction in that yeah, the, in the, the, so the, the demand in theory should increase, which will alleviate some of the price pressure at the moment. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's hope that's what it is. And then as well as that, then I suppose the the production outlook for ourselves, like we've seen an extra 30,000 euros taken out of the taken out of the production system this year um, through through increased slaughterings. Um, you know, the, the results from the scanning from around the country would indicate a, a slight reduction in the lamb crop. And then with, you know, maybe concerns at farmer level about profitability, you know, that we, we may not have seen as many yo lambs being tipped this year. So it's all pointing towards us also having a smaller lamb crop um, in 2023, which will obviously then um, help keep it flower under the trade as well. Just uh, maybe to finish up, but in terms of growth in markets, like I know I've seen some, you presented some data on this before, like we've seen some growth in some of the EU markets and something else we've touched on previously, the potential for the US market and maybe further expansion in China for the coming year, James. Any comments on that? Yeah, like as I said, like Europe is our key focus because we, we send the large majority of our sheep meat there. And within that then, like you look at France, we there's the exports there have increased by about fifteen percent. Um Germany by about thirty percent. And then there, there's also been double digit growth then in terms of what we send to Sweden and Belgium as well. So it's there has been good demand there in terms of of the, the value and the volume of Irish sheep meat that they're taking. It's just that um uh, then when you look at opportunities beyond that, you know, there's international markets and um, that we send small volumes into but have good potential like like Switzerland and Canada. And then um then there's the US obviously where we, we have access to the US at the minute. We're just waiting for individual plant approval. So um we, we have a suite of promotional activities ready to kick off in the market just as soon as um as soon as we can get product there. So um I have access to to you know the China and the US as well as the, the markets were already established in it gives you um it gives you much more opportunities to to sell product and suppose the widest range of markets you have the 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 more chance you have is to the more chance you have to, to provide the greatest return back to the sector then. And again like the opening of a couple of them shifting some of the volume of our sheep meat to them would have a big will have an impact on the price returned. Yeah that's that, that's it. And particularly if you look at the likes of the Chinese market and those Asian markets, you know, um the the access to them provides a very useful carcass balancing function as well. Maybe by taking by taking products maybe that you know, wouldn't necessarily be that sought after in some of our some of our key markets, and the and the more and the more you can spread the markets that you're sending product into, you know, the the more likelihood of um of getting a higher return to to the farmer. James, it was great getting a update for you today. Appreciate you coming on. No worries, talking. We're going to leave it there for this week's episode. I'd like to thank James again for coming on. We're discussing some of the challenges we see at the moment, as well as some of the opportunities that may lay ahead for the coming season. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for updates on the sheep programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chocolate Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us for more episodes.